Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. Take on those worship guides. I'm ready to jump into a brand new series we're starting today. But before I do that, let me just say that there is a special group in the house at every location, and they're joining us for the very first time. And I just want you to know you are welcome here. You are loved here. You're accepted here at Radiant Church. And we hope from the parking lot, you got one of those orange bags when you came in. If you didn't get one, you can get one on your way out. But uh, checking your kids in to, to the donuts and coffee to really write the experience. We've had an amazing worship time this morning. From all of that, I hope that you just feel right at home. And if you're looking for a good church family, I want to say welcome home. I think you found it. So at every location, why don't we go wild and crazy for our first time guests that are joining us today. We love you guys. We, we are a note-taking church, so we're starting a brand new series. I'll be preaching the next three Sundays, a series called Blessed. Hashtag blessed. Is there any blessed people in the house today? Why, why don't you tell someone next to you, you're blessed because you get to sit next to me today. Come on, tell somebody. that They're blessed just because they get to sit next to you. We're gonna have a lot of fun in this series over the next couple of weeks. We'll talk about how to live live a blessed life, a, le- a life that that has God's favor on it. And I, I truly believe that this word's kind of been messed up. It's kind of a churchy term, so I'll help explain it to you a little bit. But uh, we are a note-taking church, so you can follow along with us and the sermon notes that you got in your worship guide, or you can download our amazing app that um, right now almost three thousand people across Tampa Bay have downloaded it. So Radio Church, let me see your cell phones if you've downloaded it. Come on, wave at me, wave at me. I see you guys. And if you haven't, you can download it right now on Apple or the secondary device called an Android. You can download it on that one too. And you can... uh, You can download the app there. So listen, the app actually gives you the ability to take sermon notes and then email them to yourself or your friends so that they can keep uh, up with what's going on. And if you're watching online, we have hundreds and thousands of people now around the globe that join us online. You can take the notes that way because you've been asking me for sermon notes for years and we got it taken care of for you. So, all right, let's jump right into this idea of what does it mean to live a life that's that's truly blessed. And and I know there's some controversy kind of around this word and... uh, kind of around this idea, so I want to set it straight, and you can write it in your notes right away so we understand exactly what it means when I say the word blessed over the next three Sundays, and it's simply this. It's simply having more than you need, having more than you need. I don't know if there's anybody in here that wants more than they need right now. Like, I think that's the kind of life that God has called us to live. Can I remind you that he's a God of the more? He'll do exceedingly, abundantly, more than you can ask and think or imagine, So I think a lot of Christians are missing out on the more that God has for their life. And I'm gonna teach you how to kind of tap into it today. Let me give you my kids as an example. They're kind of all the examples that I use because they're around me all the time. But I have four um, amazing biological children that you saw right there in the video that uh, they're my kids, a lot of spiritual kids out there that, but these are my like, the, the kids I'm like responsible for. So these kids, because they're born in my household, they will always be fed. They will always be fed. They will, they will never go hungry because I'm their dad. That's just something that'll happen. Uh, they, they will always have a place to sleep. Uh, maybe not after 18 years old, but at, until they turn 18, they will always have a place to sleep. Um, if they are sick, no matter how old they ever get, if they are sick because I'm their dad, I will always take care of them. How many know that the basics of human survival are are my responsibility because I am their father. That is part of the job. But 
that does not mean that they get blessings in their life because I'm their dad. You see, because they are born in my house, they get the basics. But because they are obedient, they get the blessings. So, so while they get, you know, food because they are my children, they get the happy meal with the nuggets and the little toy because of their obedience. Does that make sense? So just because they're my offspring does not mean they get abundance in their life. They only get abundance based on their obedience. So I think a lot of people are missing out on the abundance that God has for your life because you think it comes with just being a child of God. Guess what? As a child of God, you get the needs met that he has promised for your life. He said, I will supply all of your needs. How many of your needs is that, did he say? All of your needs. So he will take care of you. And you've seen that happen in your life. He will make sure that you have enough food. If you don't have enough food, guess what? He has graciously supplied you with donuts in the lobby on the way out today. That is how good our God is. Now I'm telling you, he will supply your needs. But just because you are born again does not give you the blessings of God. It is the behavior afterwards that opens you up to the blessings of God in your life. So I'm gonna help you figure out how to walk in the blessings of God in your life in every area. Now, when you hear this, you might kind of have a little bit of pushback because this idea of a message in a message series that we'll be talking about in the next few weeks has been hijacked by what's called the prosperity gospel. This idea that you, you give money and then you get wealthy because of it. And the whole goal is to have a nicer house and, and nicer cars and a nicer boat. And it's all about nicer, more and more stuff. And that's really a gospel of materialism. And I don't find that anywhere in the scriptures. So I'm going to set a foundation for you today that is crucial for a life that is blessed. Because I'm going to give you the why behind the blessing. Now this sermon should be the finale of the sermons, but what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna give you the end at the beginning so that we're all on the same page so you're not confused because you have to miss the next couple weeks. I don't want you to miss out on this, most, this message because it could be the most important one you ever get in your life of why God wants you blessed. And here's what it is. Here's the entire message summed up in the title. I've given it to you all so you can leave right after this title. Ready? Here it is. Write it on your notes that you have been blessed to be a blessing. You have been blessed to be a blessing. Because I need this, and I need this reminder, because while I am a pastor, and I might be able to do this stuff from the stage, I am also a human. And as a human, our human tendency is a gravitational pull towards selfishness. And if we don't understand why we have the blessings of God in our life, then we will miss out on real fulfillment that God has for us. Because here's what I do. Now, I'm sure you don't do this, but here's what I do. When I get a blessing in my life, an extra check, when I get a promotion, when I get that bonus, when I get something that I didn't expect, when I get the more in my life, here's what I end up doing. There's one word that comes to mind. I'm sure it doesn't come to mind for you, but for me, this is what happens, just because this is my human nature that I'm still trying to kill, and here's the word. It's not in your notes, just so you can see it. I want you to let it, you see it. It's simply this word, upgrade. How many know what I'm talking about? We look like it's all about the upgrade. It's all about, let me upgrade. I got more, so let me upgrade the phone. Let me upgrade the computer. Let me upgrade the car. Let me upgrade the house. Let me upgrade the lips. Come on, we upgrade it all around here, don't we? We're all about the upgrade here. So, so, so we have this tendency toward upgrade, and the problem with the upgrade is that we think the upgrade will satisfy us. 
But how many know that you get that upgrade and then all of a sudden you're back to where you were before? It's not true fulfillment. You see, Jesus talks about this. He said it this way. He said, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much for, that you're a blessing to other people. So, so other people are impacted by your life and actually you being a blessing will show yourselves to be my disciples. So other people are gonna know, oh, that's a follower of Jesus. Look how they're a blessing to the world around them. Look how they give sacrificially. Look how they serve that way. They're, 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 they're interested in things more than themselves. And then he goes on to say, look at this in verse 11. I tell you this so that my what? Oh, say it loud, every location. My what? My joy may be in you and that your joy may be what? Complete. He says, listen, there's a complete joy that's available. A lot of you guys have lived upgrade lifestyles and you've missed out on true fulfillment because you haven't found the joy in what it means to be a blessing to the world around you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna help you realize what it means to live a blessed life in a life that's really a blessing to the world around you and you're gonna think, man, if I do this stuff, I'm gonna miss out on all the fun the world has to offer and here's what you're gonna do. You might miss out on what the world has to offer but you'll gain everything that God has to offer. You'll gain everything that he has for your life. There's actually a little cool phrase out there right now. Um, I see it on a lot of your social medias. It's this phrase right here. It's living your best life. You ever heard this phrase? They put the picture of their, their, their legs on the beach. You know what I mean? It's just like the toes in the sand and they put the picture on there and it's just like living my best life. And that's it, just like the beach. Or they're on a cruise and you, you get the little picture of them on the cruise and they're like, living my best life. It's just them on the cruise. And uh, some of these, it's like, I saw one the other day, it was a uh, person uh, watching Netflix, eating ice cream. They're just like, and they took a picture of it and it was just like on their Insta story, it was like, living my best life. Really? That's the best life that, that you can live right there? You, you're telling me God came to the earth incarnate he lived and he died on the cross for your sins and for mine to redeem us so that the pinnacle of our life is toes in the sand, staying on a ship or ice cream and Netflix. Come on, he has called us to live a better life than that. That is, that, while that might be a good part of life, that is not your best life. Write it down in your notes this way. Listen, your best life is a life spent being a blessing. And, and until you become a blessing to other people, you will never experience this. You'll never experience, you'll never experience what the dozens of people at Radiant Church experienced this summer where they got on planes and headed to different parts of the world to do missions projects all over the world and they didn't even know the people they were going to. I'm telling you, it's better than toes in the sand. They were boots on the ground for Jesus Christ. That is the best life that they could live. Some of you don't even understand that the best life of the people that show up here early at every location and they're setting up and, and they're, they're serving here in locations and then, and then at the end of the service when those hands get raised to surrender their life to Christ, that fulfillment, that, that is the joy of God that is complete in your life. Let me tell you, you've never experienced your blessed life, your best life until you've experienced that kind of life right there. That's a blessing. It's the radiant kids who servers who, who are serving every service and they're, they're, they're singing God's word over them and praying over those kids and those kids grow up and just a couple weeks ago we had dozens of kids age that were getting baptized that had come out of our radiant kids ministry. I'm telling you, they are living the best life that they could live as they're being a blessing to the world around them. Come on, that is what the church is all about. And I, I just think this is the call of God for your life. He created you to be blessed 
so that you can be a blessing. Let me prove it in the scriptures for you. He did it to our father of the faith, a guy named Abraham. Y'all remember Abraham? We learn in, in Sunday school that Father Abraham had many sons, and many sons had Father Abraham, and I am one of them, and so are you, so let's all praise the Lord. All right, we're not gonna get into that today, but you got the idea. He said it like this. He said, the Lord said to Abraham, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land that I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna gonna send you to do something great. Okay, look what he says. And I'm gonna make you into a great nation. This is the same call for the church here. I'm gonna gonna make you into a people, and here's what I'm gonna do. And I'm gonna do what? Oh, let's say it loud. I'm gonna do what? I'm gonna bless you, and here's what I'm gonna do. Here's why I'm gonna bless you. I'm gonna make your name great, so I'm not only just gonna give you things, I'm not only gonna bless you, but I'm gonna make your name to where your reputation is good. That's super important. And then look what you're gonna do in return. So I'm gonna bless you, but then you're gonna be what? You're gonna be a blessing. So I'm I'm gonna bless you for a purpose, because I've got a blessing for you to be to other people. And I'm gonna bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. I'm telling you, you better be careful dealing with God's kids. Uh, you, you mess with us, he's gonna mess with you. So, And then look at this, and then the result is that all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. So as we are blessed people, guess what? Our city is getting better, our community is getting better, crime is going down, the, 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 the sex industry is dying out. Why? Because our community is gonna be blessed because there's a church that is experiencing the blessings of God and we realize we're not blessed for ourselves, we're blessed to be a blessing to the world around us. I'm telling you, it, they're gonna be blessed because of what God does in your life. Now I know what you're thinking, you're sitting there going, well Aaron, that's out of context. That's a 4,000 year old scripture. You're really gonna claim that for your life today? I sure am, and here's why. Because Galatians says it this way, through Christ Jesus, God has what? Blessed the Gentiles, that's me and you, with the same blessing that he promised to Abraham. It wasn't just 4,000 years ago. It was a promise for your life today. God wants you blessed. Come on, give him better praise than that today, amen. He wants your life blessed. He wants your marriage blessed. He don't want you just happy. He wants you happily married. I mean, married, he just wants you, he wants your, he wants you just not to have kids. He wants you to have obedient kids and, and kids that are joyful to be around. He doesn't want you to just have a job. He wants you to have a job on purpose and fulfillment. So he wants you to live this blessed life. So let me show you in a few ways how people who are blessed live. Because I'm telling you, if everybody wants to live this life that's blessed, I'm gonna give you some foundational principles of what it means to be blessed. Here's the first one, is that simply blessed people, they put God first. They put God first. So a blessed marriage is a marriage that puts God first in the marriage. A a blessed business is a business that puts God first. I mean, speaking of Chick-fil-A, sorry to make the reference twice, but I read a whole article on them this morning. Sales continue to soar, yet they're a company that gives God the first day of the week. How in the world? Everything in, in logic says they should, and we're all mad as Christians because we all want Chick-fil-A on Sunday, right? But, but the, the, the owners knew the principle. When you honor God with the first, the rest will make up for itself, and they continue to thrive and to grow every single year. How is it possible? Because blessed people understand the principle that when God is first in your life, everything else seems to work out. It's, it's the same principle I've learned in my relationships, that I'm allowed to have good friends. I'm allowed to, you know, I have coworkers at the, uh, here at Radiant that are, that are female, that, that I can, uh, you know, talk with and, and I have to have meetings with. I can have those kind of relationships. I can have a great relationship with my mom, great relationship with my sisters, and all of that is fine as long as those relationships are not number one in my life. 
because I have a commitment to my wife. We are like sold on each other, that we are gonna stay together for life. So there's no law that tells us that I can't have friends that are closer to me than she is. There's no law. Some of you make this about a law, like, oh, God, does you know, God, we're not under the law anymore. There's no law that says that my wife has to be first in my life. She will be first in my life because I want a happy life. And I just realized how important it is. But why? It's a principle that I live by that if she is first in all of my relationships, all the other relationships are better. So my relationship with my mom is better if my wife is first. Same with my, my sisters. It's better when my wife is first. My coworkers when my wife is first. All of that works out when it's first. We're kind of sold on each other. I tell people all the time, if Katie leaves me, that's okay because I'm going with her. Like we're on this thing together. So, so it's the same way with God. When you live a God-first lifestyle, you just put him first in your life. And for some reason, when you honor God, you're doing it right now. You're honoring him by giving him the first part of this week. I promise you this, I don't know what next week holds, but I know it'll be better because you gave God your first coming up on Sunday. It just works when you give God your first. And, and it works throughout every area of our life. The Bible says it this way, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. You put God first. Then look what he does. And all of the other things, the boat, the nice house, the beach house, we all, all those other things, the things you so desperately want, those things will work out. But you just gotta put God first in your life. You gotta honor him first. I think the crucial part of this is, is when it comes to your finances. A lot of people are struggling and can't find the blessings of God in their finances. So let me just hit on this for just a second because this is such a crucial place that so many people lack, that they see their needs met but they don't see abundance in their life. So let me just hit on this for a second because the scriptures are very clear that we should honor the Lord with our wealth. So when we get paid, when we, when we experience the blessing of God in our life, we should honor God by doing what? By giving him the first part of it. So every time you are paid, you are tested at that moment. Is God first in your life? So when we honor God, we do it as here is called, uh, called tithing, when we honor God with tithing, we put him first and we show God, we say, God, I know I've worked hard for this money. I, I, it's a lot to, for me to, to be doing, but I'm gonna give you the first part of it. And here's what happens. Write it down in your notes. Here's, it says it like this. When you give the first fruits, here's what he'll do. He says, your barns will be filled with overflowing. So now you move from beyond a, a my needs are just met, to now I get to see abundance in my life. You ask anybody that tithes, they're all gonna say the same thing. My life is blessed. They, they don't ever respond with, my needs are barely met. No, 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 my life is blessed. Because it is a principle throughout the world word that when you put God first, he blesses your life and he blesses your finances. And I just want you to get, catch this. You'll have abundance in your life. So when I give God the first, he, he blesses the rest. Let me show you how we kind of got it backwards a little bit. It's um, pumpkin season, you know. Everybody's into pumpkin everything. Come on, any pumpkin spice people in there? Like, my wife is big pumpkin person. So everything, we have pumpkin muffins in our house. We have pumpkin everything. So we're pumpkin people. So I'm gonna use a little example here that I think is, is necessary. So this is, your, this is your pay. This is you getting paid. I'm just gonna give you a little example. That'll help you. Um, and this is the, the full paycheck you got, all right? So you experience a full paycheck. And here's what we normally do. We normally get that paycheck and we go, okay, now I got, I got to pay our bills. I got to make sure I'm, I'm a responsible human being and I got to pay the bills. And so what do we do? We give the first part of it away to write to the mortgage. Come on, how many know the mortgage is like the biggest part of all of it. So we give the mortgage right here and look at that pumpkin pie. That looks good right here. And so how about we do this? 
Gotta have, oh, that looks good. You find someone that's pregnant. Come on, give it to them. All right, and then we, then we got to pay taxes. Oh, man, we don't like to, but we got to. And so for our government officials, we love you guys too. So we, we got to pay taxes. So we give our taxes away. We do that. And then we got to pay, oh, my gosh, we got grocery bills. Man, we got so many groceries. Man, we got some big groceries. And so you guys are doing that. Let's give that to somebody that really wants it. Come on. Uh, find a tither in the church. They paid for it. So... Uh, <laughs> All right, we got, we got our car payment. Everybody hates the car payment, but man, you, you had to have that nice car, so you gotta get that. You got your car payment, so we're gonna take care of that. Thanks, Dylan. You got that one. And then, um, then we got, obviously, all of our, our school and all this stuff for the kids, and oh my gosh, life is so crazy. That didn't even get any whipped cream on it because that's just boring to pay for and stuff. You got, you got all your Starbucks, you're going out to eat. Oh man, it's a necessity. I gotta have my drink in the morning, pumpkin spice, and... And then you've eaten so much, you got all your health and, and your, 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 your insurance and your, your gym. And man, then you're back at the doctor again. Let's, this is why you're back at the doctor. You keep eating that right there. And then here's what we do. Then we come to church and we say, oh God, my needs are met. My bills are paid yet again. Another month of your faithfulness, God. I'm so glad I'm your child. Now God, I need to give to you. And here's what we do. We take the leftovers and we go, okay, God, we love you so much. You died on the cross for me. You, oh, you sacrificed so much. You gave me that spouse. And, and then we say, God, here's your part. And we give them the scraps. And, and, and your needs are met. The bills are paid. And we throw in the scraps to God and we wonder why we don't see the abundance of God in our life. I just think there's another way to do this. Thank you, Jacob. I think there's another way to do this to where when you get the, the pie, you just simply say, God, I'm gonna give you the first 10% first. I'm gonna honor you first and you're gonna do it. And a lot of people go, well, Aaron, I don't know if the rest will make it if I honor God with the first. That's why it's called faith because in faith, we say, God, I celebrate you, I honor you and I give to you first, trusting you're gonna take care of the rest of my life. And we see it all throughout the, the Bible. Actually, it says it like this in the book of Malachi. It says that we should bring the whole tithe. We should, we should bring that 10% to God into the storehouse. That's your local church, the place that you're fed, the place that you're planted. You should give it to your church. And it says like this, that there may be food in my house. And then through that, the church is able to make an impact in the world. Then he says, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. And look what he says. And see if I will not throw open the windows and floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store. And not only will I bless you, but I'm gonna prevent pests from devouring your crops. Like, I'm gonna make sure that the enemy can't even come into your life and devour you. I'm telling you, there is a blessing that only tithers experience. When they honor God first, he blesses the rest. And the 90% with God's blessing goes way further than the 100% without it. I'm telling you, he can bless your life from it. Can I get a better amen than that today, church? We see this all the time where people just make a commitment. They make a decision to honor God with their finances. And I just want you to check out one story, and then we'll, we'll start to wrap this up. So for me, I, I think it started in April of 2015. I had just gotten back in the church, and the Lord had blessed me with a job where I was, for the first time since college, it had been a couple of years, 
was able to have a consistent salary and man, I finally had some money and I did not want to give it back. You know, I didn't want to and I didn't think I needed to. I didn't trust God to work like that, you know, so it took about five or six months of me just struggling in this position. I was asking God, like, what's happening? I'm working hard. I don't know why I'm, I'm doing so poorly. So in the summer of 2017, I unexpectedly lost my job. And that was a pretty significant decision, you know, that I had to make at that point. You know, was I gonna obey? Was I gonna go back to my old ways? And I just had it set in my heart that the Lord had been faithful before, even when I hadn't been, that I'm gonna honor God with my finances, even if it didn't look like I had much. And, and at that time, I, I really didn't, you know. I, I had like 70 or $80,000 of student loans and medical bills and, you know, I, I, like a credit card and all this stuff. And after a couple months, I saw my savings account basically uh, evaporate. You know, I, I always had enough. And the Lord supernaturally supplied during that, you know, pretty bad, pretty tough season of my life. And after a couple months of searching, he opened up um, my, my job, which is where I work right now, uh, in September of 2017. And I started and I just, I promised the Lord I was gonna tithe. I'd been tithing the whole time and I was gonna try and act right and be obedient. Yeah, so that was September, 2017, I started. As of October, 2019, um, man, I'm completely debt free. And it's amazing as the glory of God. I wasn't even asking to get debt free in two years. I never thought I would be 29 years old with the amount of debt that I had and carried, I just expected to have that till like, you know, I was an old man, you know, making minimum payments, just getting by. So now because of my obedience to tithing, I now get to live a blessed life. I'm Alex Butler, and this is my Radiant Story. Come on, what a cool story of God's faithfulness, amen? And ladies, Alex is single, and uh, on the front row here at South Tampa, $70,000 debt-free. <sighs> He's taking resumes and applications, all right? <laughs> Love you, brother. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is the only place in Scripture where God says, test me in it. And, and I'm telling you, I'm, I'm not, listen, our church is amazing. We are blessed more than we can ever. This isn't a message for our church. I want you to live a blessed life. <laughs> And our church practices this. We, we honor God. We, we, even as a church, we give away the first 10%. Just as a principle in our mind, saying, God, you're first in this thing. And I want you to do the same. If you've never done it before, take a tithing challenge. There's actually a card right there. And here's the practical application. Is simply write it down in your notes this way. It's to become a percentage giver. That's the tenth that, that God talks about. It's a, it's a tenth. It's a percentage. And I love how God uses a percentage. And here's why. Because it's fair for everybody. So it's not equal amounts, it's equal sacrifice. So someone that makes $1,000 a month or someone that makes $100,000 a month, it's not equal amounts, it's just equal sacrifice. It's the percentage. And maybe you're in a place where you're super strapped and with debt and issues in your life. Here's what I would challenge you with. My best pastoral advice for you is start at a percentage, make it automatic, and give it to God every month. 
and watch what happens. We actually give this as a tithing challenge. They're right there in your worship, guys. You can also do it online. Um, we, we really believe that there's gonna be hundreds of you guys today that say, okay, today's the day. I'm gonna start honoring God, and I believe you'll walk into 2020 more blessed than you've ever been in your entire life. Set up with God in the right place in your finances to see provision happen in your life in ways you never thought was possible. He wants to bless you, but remember, it's about obedience, and a lot of you guys have gotta get your life in order. Can I hear a good amen today? All right, all right, so just, just start it today and watch how your life gets blessed. Here's another thing I found for blessed lives is people that are blessed are just simply good stewards. So everybody thinks like, man, if I had more, I would take care of it. If I had that nice house, oh, I'd take such good care of it. But how are you doing on with that apartment that you got right now? Everybody's like, man, if I had a new car, ooh, I would wash it. Are you washing the one you got right now? I remember I, I, my last car I had was a kind of an old, rundown Toyota Camry. And I uh, loved Toyota, loved the, the car. And, but it was just, it, it was beat up. It had holes all on the carpet. When, when I bought it, it had holes on the carpet. It had, it had uh, the paint was, uh, was peeled off. And it was, it was rough. But I'm telling you, I just believe this principle. You, if you've ever gone through step one of next steps, you know, this is a principle that's dear to my heart, that if you take care of what God's given you, he'll give you more. Like, you'll, you'll see the blessing of God. So I, I just treated that car. I got it tuned up and cleaned and, and taken care of. I actually signed up for one of those programs where I could take it in as much as I want to get it washed. So about once a week, I would bring that car in there. They'd go, oh, Mr. Burke, you're back again. What do you want us done with it this week? I'd go, oh, man, I want you to polish it. I want you to put some wax on it. They're like, sir, you don't have any paint for us to wax this thing with. Doesn't matter. You polish it, make it. I want you to shampoo the carpets. Sir, most of your carpets are non-existent anymore. There's just floor right there. I don't care. You shampoo it. You take care of it. Why? Because I don't care if anybody else saw it. I knew God was watching how I handled that. For other people, they might have looked at it as trash. I didn't look at it like trash. I looked at it like it was a test. How, how different would you treat things in your life if you stopped looking at it like trash and started looking at it like a test because God is very clear that whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with what? With much. He, he'll give you more. He'll give you abundance. He'll give you blessing. But you gotta take care of what you got. So let me make it very practical when it comes to finances. Even though this whole message isn't about finances, let me just kind of target with this area because a lot of people want more in their finances. So here's a, here's a good stewardship principle. We talked about this earlier on in the year, but I'll just give you it right here. It's simply get on a budget. So if you, you want to have more in your life, get on a budget with what you've got. So here's what a budget looks like. The 10% I give immediately to God. It's automatic. I set it up. About 80% of our church has done this. It's automatic, online, reoccurring. That goes to God. And then I do all of my bills out of there, and then I live off of that 90%. And I'm telling you that principle works where I'm able to, to be better at taking out waste and taking out excess and spending wisely because I'm gonna make sure I take care of what I've got. I'm telling you, you take care of what you got, you'll live a blessed life. Can I hear a good amen? All right, number three, and the last one is simply this, is that blessed people should not feel guilty, but they should be responsible. And this is a huge principle that I've realized in my life, that real blessed people are people that are incredibly responsible. And you're really blessed. I would go a little bit further and say this phrase. You're not going to believe me, but I'll just say it this way. I think you're pretty rich. Now, I know a lot of you are like, no, 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 Aaron, you don't know my bank account. Uh, actually, Andy Stanley preaches a message series and actually wrote a book called Be Rich that is one of my favorites on this topic. 
And I kind of end up the message with this idea. He says this, this phrase that basically his, his a whole idea of the book was that you're richer than you think you are and that we're not really good at being rich people. So he kind of teaches us how to be good rich people. So they did a national poll of what it means to be rich. Like I would be rich if I made this much money every single year. And the national poll came out that rich people make this much money every year and it's $150,000 a year. Now, a lot of people are listening to this that make 150000 a combined household income, and they're looking at this going, there is no way that that is rich right there. Man, you don't know the student loans I have to pay, the bills I've got, the kids I've got, so there's no way. Then they did a whole nother research and said people that make under $40,000 a year, what do they think rich is? And so they did a whole other poll, people making between about thirty-five dollars and $40,000 a year, and they all decided that someone's rich if they make $75,000 a year. So a lot of you guys are like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Like, there's no way. And, and there's no way we can barely live, some of you guys, on combined household income, $75,000 a year. You're sitting there going, there's no way. Then they did a poll of people who read a magazine called Money Magazine. Now, I didn't even know there's a thing called Money Magazine. You got to have a lot of money to read a magazine that's just about money. Like, that's, every page is just, hey, there's more money. Like, you're just thinking about money. And people that read this magazine they said, well, what do you think rich is? And their idea is that rich people make $5 million a year. So, so here's the overall idea, okay? Because nobody can really figure out what this number is. So here's the truth of the matter, is that nobody is rich, but everybody knows somebody who is. Can I hear a better amen? <laughs> is that true? And I think it's so true. Here's what we do. We always think they've always got it better off. There, there's somebody else's. And truthfully, you're rich. You're blessed. I don't think we understand. We live in the United States of America. We are a blessed people. We don't just live anywhere in the United States. We live in beautiful Tampa Bay. To God be the glory. Like this is God's place. You, you don't just live anywhere. You attend Radiant Church in Tampa Bay. You are a blessed, rich people. Can I hear a good amen? And, and we've got a lot of rich people problems. Like the other day I was on an airplane from Atlanta and the internet went down. And I said, oh, I can't believe this company. Rich people problems. The internet goes down. Like some of you guys have, have rooms in your house for your clothes. Rooms for your clothes. Like, like, like there's countries I go to and visit and the entire family lives in the same house and the same room. But not you. You have a room that you live in and then you go to this separate thing. We call it a closet, but the other people, they just call it a room that's just air conditioned for your clothes right there. And here's, here's rich people. Here's how you know you're a rich person. Because you walked up to it. Some of y'all did it this morning. You opened up that room that's just for your clothes. You turned on the light and you looked in there and you said, I don't have anything to wear. <laughs> Rich people problems. Rich people problems. You're, you're more blessed than you think you are. I, I, just want you, I just want you to lean in to this last idea and then we'll close out with this. The Apostle Paul tells his spiritual son who is a pastor. And I think it's the same wisdom that Paul would give me today as a pastor. He says, listen, you've got some wealthy people. You've got people that are blessed. They have, there's a lot of them that have more than they need. They, they just don't know what to do with it. And he said it like this, and here's a verse in 1 Timothy chapter 6. He said, command those who are rich. Command those who, who have a blessed life. So you get the bonus, you get the increase, you get the pay raise. He goes, I want you to command those people who are rich in this present world. Don't be arrogant. Don't put your shoulders back and look, look what I built, look what I deserve. I'm telling you, it is but the grace of God that you have the blessing of God on your life. So don't, don't put this thing about, oh, look at me, I'm so good what I built. No, 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 no. It is God who gave you the brains to even build that business right there. So don't put, be arrogant. Don't, don't put your hope in that wealth. 
Listen, those things fade. The stock market comes down, up. It goes down. We're not, our hope is not in that. It's so uncertain. But put your hope in God who what? Richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. In other words, he's okay with the boat. He's okay with the house. He's okay with the beach house. It's not, it's not a bad thing to have things for your enjoyment. But command them to make sure they do good. So, so it's okay to have nice stuff, but make sure you're living a life that does good to be rich in good deeds. In other words, you're, you're doing something with your life. You're blessed to be a blessing and to be generous and to be willing to share. And we're willing, like don't, don't be stingy. And the stats are this, that the more people make, the less they give. How? The, the, as the income goes up, the, the stingier people get. And here's why. Because the, as the income goes up, the more and more they live with this tight grip lifestyle of going, I don't want it to leave. I don't want it to leave. I don't want it to leave. And they miss the whole purpose of it anyway. And he says it like this. In this way, they will lay up treasures for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. So, so that they can actually have joy. They can actually have freedom. They can actually have life. I want you to have real life. So here's your practical application of this last one. It's simply, if God gives you more, just do more. That's the life I'm going to live. If God gives me more, instead of increasing my level of living, I'm going to increase my level of giving because I'm here to be blessed so that I can be a blessing to the world around us. And it's a motto of our church that as our church is being blessed, as our church continues to grow, we're not going to be stingy and hoarded to ourselves. No, no, our city's going to hear about it. Our world is going to hear about it. People are going to be blessed because of us. Can I get a good amen today? One of the easiest ways to do this, and it's six weeks away, we don't believe in compulsive, guilt-driven giving and generosity, but I just want you to be prepared because it's one of those all plays, we all do it, is our legacy offering that's on December the 8th. And this is an offering that comes to the church, that goes through the church to make a massive impact. This year alone, we launched our Heights location in a permanent facility in Brandon. We were able to do missions projects all over the world. Why? Because people that had more, they just did more. And they made a massive impact, so I'm giving you six weeks warning, pray, Ask God what he would have you do because I think he's giving you more for a purpose. Actually, listen to this. In the Old Testament, they would, the, the, the father would give the son, the oldest son, the inheritance. Now, I thought that was pretty awesome because I was the oldest son in my family. And I think it's a way that we should all live. You know, I just, uh, let's teach it right here. But actually, I didn't realize that he gave the oldest son the inheritance for a purpose because the oldest son was now responsible to take care of the rest of the family. Radiant Church, let us not forget our responsibility to take care of those people who God loves so much. Let us not forget this isn't about us. Actually, not to be political, this is where our country is going to lose it. If we don't realize that if the blessing that God has blessed us with is to be a blessing to the world around us, to send missionaries all over the world, to, to be the humanitarian help, to, to not neglect the poor and the homeless. I'm telling you, this is the reason we are a blessed people. It's to be a blessing to the world around us. So, so, so I'll stop with that. I'm, I'm done. I promise you. I promise you. When, when my baby was six-month-old Lily, she was our, our first baby. We had to put her in childcare because Katie had to go back to work because we were broke. She was a youth pastor back then. And so we went to go put her in a nursery. And there was a lady who was running the nursery who happened to be one of the interns at my church that I was working at. So she was an intern in the same department, but I didn't really know her. I didn't, we didn't have, like, any kind of friendship. Like, she was one of the interns. But honestly, can I be real? Like, she wasn't one of my favorites. No offense. Uh, I just didn't have a connection with her. 
So Katie and I walk into this place and she's running the nursery and she walks up, she's like, oh, Pastor Aaron, Katie, oh, is that Lily? And she grabs Lily, she starts caring for Lily, she starts loving on Lily. She's like, Lily, we'll have the best time. Throughout the day, she takes us pictures of Lily. She'd send us all this stuff. And I'm telling you this, this intern who I didn't know too well, guess who became my favorite intern in all of the church? That girl. That girl became my favorite intern. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what anybody else did. You take care of my kids, you're my favorite person in the world. Well, I, I just started living by this phrase that my favorite people just love my favorite people. And that's how it is. Guess what? A few months later, we moved to Tampa. A few months after that, guess who moved down to Tampa? This little intern came down. down. She was our first hire here at the church. She's been six years. She's been here. She's full-time on staff here, one of the executive assistants. She's actually uh, attending right now at St. Pete, serves every single Sunday right there. She's one of my favorite people in the world. Why? Because she made my favorite people some of her favorite people. I'm telling you, church, we will experience the favor of God not when we try to do more for ourselves, but when we try to go, God, who are your favorite people? And God's favorite people are the lost, are the broken, are the hurting, are the distraught, are the widows, are the poor, are those that are away from him. When we take care of his people, he will take care of us. Come on, give a better praise than that today, church. His favorite people take care of his favorite people. You can be seated. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be a blessing to the world around them. Come on, just make a commitment right now. Just say, God, I just commit. I commit to giving you my first. Some of you need to make that decision right now. Saying, God, I haven't been faithful in tithing. I'm gonna be faithful in tithing. Somebody right now, I think God's speaking to you. It's your step to take that next step to just say, God, I'm gonna honor you with my first. I'm gonna take the tithing challenge. Other people, you, you're tithing, but you're not on a budget. Just say, God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna end this. You're strong on a budget. Other people, you're, you're doing your part. You're just, you're experiencing more, but you've kind of made it about yourself. Say, God, help me. Help me to do more to help other people around me. I believe God's even given some people numbers for legacy Sunday, just saying, God, I want, I want to be a blessing to the world around us. So we give not just to the church, but through the church. With every eye closed, every head bowed, if you're in here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I want you to know that's what it's all about. The blessed life starts with you putting God first in your life. And that means first in your heart. If you don't have that relationship, you haven't gone too far, you haven't screwed up too much, I want you to know Jesus loves you, he died for you. He wants to forgive you of your sins right now and give you a fresh start. If that's you on the count of three, throw up that hand, wave it at me and say, Aaron, I wanna make that decision today. I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm not gonna make you stand. I'm not gonna make you come forward. But right there in your seats, this is your, your day for salvation. On the count of three, ready? One, two, three. Throw up those hands all over this place. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Just commit that, your life to the Lord right there in your seat. You say, God, I give you my heart. I give you my life. Today, Jesus, I want you to come into my life change me for good. Today, I make a decision to put you first. Forgive my sins. And give me a fresh start. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, come on, can we celebrate with dozens of people throughout Tampa Bay? Big deal. Here's what we're going to do in this service. First of all, if you made that decision, check on that connection card. I committed my life to Christ. We want to send you some resources. Secondly, we're going to honor God through our generosity. We consider this worship here to God and just as a way to saying, God, we're putting you first. About only 20% of our church actually gives in services here. Most of our church gives online. So if you're not online, man, jump online. We have a brand new platform that we give through. 
to be faithful with God with that. Let me pray over your finances. Lord, we thank you that your scriptures are clear, that as we honor you first, you will open the windows of heaven over their lives. I pray for jobs and promotions and bonuses. I thank you for Alex's story, that as he was faithful to you, as he budgeted the rest, as he paid off debt, that you have increased his life in ways he never thought was possible. Do it in other people's lives today. Let today's message be a pivotal time where they go from this experience in the basics of Christianity to the blessed life that you've called them to live. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that agrees says, amen, amen, amen. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.